Now I'm on the board of the National Fire Sprinkler Association. Yep. Uh, I'm the senior manager of industry relations. I'm on 19 different NFPA technical committees. <laughs> and I'm on several committees for uh, the Na American Fire Sprinkler Association as well. So your personal time is sprinkler? This is uh, what I do Same. when I live yeah. and breathe and, and drink, uh, yeah. you know, cutting oil as they say. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast. I took a quick three-week break from posting anything. In that time, I went to the NFPA convention in Las Vegas and helped uh, a couple buddies out with an event called Borderfest here in Sarnia, Ontario. I still have NFPA mugs. They're gonna be coming out with another giveaway soon. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I'm gonna start posting videos that I recorded from the NFPA conference live in Las Vegas, Nevada. So stay tuned. Thanks everybody for the support. www.firesprinklerpodcast.com. Help start rolling in donations for the Laying It Down for Camp Bucko fundraiser I'm doing. Uh, check out the website for more information. Here we go. Like and subscribe. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast. We are live, not live, recording live at the NFPA convention here at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. I'm here with Terry Victor. He's been in this industry for probably longer than I've been alive for. Possibly, most Since likely. 73? Yep, a little bit longer, yep, yep. There's uh, the age difference between he got in the industry and when I was born is legal to drink. So, <laughs> there you go. Terry, we've, well, we've been talking about having you on the podcast for a couple years now, scheduling, things always come up. Yep. It's an honor to talk to you now here in Las Vegas. How's it going today? It's going very well. Got in late last night, so I had a kind of a rough morning this morning, but you know what, other that's, than that, that's almost a kickoff to Las Vegas. That's yep. kind of getting you into the swing of things is having a rough morning is the Vegas way. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so I really appreciate you having me on, Chris. So absolutely, it's, a, it's an honor to talk to you. you you're, you're a guy that I've had my eye on for a while. It's just a scheduling thing and in, 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 in getting you on here. So before we get started with what, you know, what we're gonna be talking about a little bit later on, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and the history that you have in this industry? Well, I started as a designer trainee Okay. Back in 1973 with a company called Automatic Sprinkler Corporation <laughs> of America. Yep. So I was with them for 22 years. Yep. And uh, I made it to the um, position of a district general manager okay. with Automatic. Right. And I was the district general manager of the Washington, D.C. office. So I was always in Maryland, Washington, D.C. Yep. Short stint in uh, Huntington, West Virginia, but then uh, came back to Maryland. And then uh, Grinnell Fire Protection acquired us in yep. uh, 1995, and so I went with Grinnell. I was a total service manager for them for many years until they merged with Simplex, and that was in 2001. Yep. And then in 2001, I went through a program called Six Sigma after we merged with Simplex and uh, became a black belt. So I was a Six Sigma black belt. That's the project management training tool, isn't it? Something Pretty like much. Yeah. It, it's all on process you know, f f fixing processes and okay. it's, it's mainly for uh, production type you know, improvements. Right. But we've actually applied it to, um, to doing sprinkler contracting to an extent. So that was pretty interesting. Then after that I went to work for corporate. So before that I was always working for a local district yep. and they made me the national design manager for uh, all of Simplex Grinnell. A little bit of and responsibility there. A little bit of responsibility yeah. in 2003. <laughs> yeah. And we had uh, the sprinkler COEs, uh, centers of excellence, yep. and I was you know, overseeing all the designers nationwide. And so, um, but of course 2008 came along with the recession. Right. And 
uh, a lot of that stuff went away, but what I've had the ability to do through my entire career, and I take this back to even when I was an automatic sprinkler. In 2000, I mean in 1988, I was appointed to the National Fire Sprinkler Association Engineering and Standards Committee. Okay, yep. And that's like the highest brain level committee in the sprinkler industry. Uh, so, and I was representing automatic sprinkler. When we came to Grinnell, I stayed on that committee and I was on my first NFPA committee as well, which was the N uh, NFPA 231 at the time. Okay. Storage. Yep. And I've been on NFPA technical committees ever since, uh, and also representing them in, in the National Fire Sprinkler Association. Now I'm on the board of the National Fire Sprinkler Association. Yep. Uh, I'm the senior manager of industry relations. I'm on 19 different NFPA technical committees, <laughs> and I'm on several committees for uh, the Na American Fire Sprinkler Association as well. So your personal time is sprinkler? This is uh, what I do Same. when I live yeah. and breathe and, and drink, uh, yeah. you know, cutting oil as they say. The term that I use is you cut my arm, you don't get blood, you get a little bit of sprinkler water that right. comes out, you right. get black sprinkler water. Exactly, Chris. <laughs> That's exactly. awesome. So this is like I'm looking in the mirror is what, I, uh, what my wife can expect in another uh, uh, 10 years. You're what, late, late 40s? <laughs> I wish. Yeah, late 40s. I wish. <laughs> I'm probably not too many years from retirement, Chris. That's a, but, so. but actually retirement or sprinkler retirement where you slow down and maybe you're not on 10 committees, you're on six. We'll see. That's sprinkler retirement. Nobody ever actually retires. Yeah, I don't think you can. Right? I don't think you can get out of this industry because it's such a, a noble industry. It's such a great industry. Yeah. And you everybody's know. passionate. There's oh, yeah. not a single person here that is not, you know, nobody nobody is half into this industry. Everybody, and that's what I love about it is everybody I talk to is just gung-ho, to the walls, sprinkler. And we support each other. We, we're all yeah, in, we're in here competitors, like at this exhibition. Yep. You know, all the sprinkler manufacturers are here and all the, you know, the different uh, manufacturers of, of devices. Yep. And yet we all get along. We all support each other. Yep. Um, it's, just a, it's just a great industry. And we save lives. Absolutely. And that's, the, that's the important thing. That's the important thing. I'm not the guy that runs out is. and jumps on a fire truck at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but I save lives. Absolutely. Know, and sprinkler. make it safer for those guys too. Right? Yeah. Good to see you. Hey, Tom. Good to see you. <laughs> the, um, so, one of the things that we're going to talk about, it was also a, a good opportunity just to talk to you in general. That always happens in these in these conference-type podcasts. That's No fine. big deal at all. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the release of, of NFPA 915, the Remote Inspection Testing and Maintenance Requirements, that's been a standard that's been in development now. 2018, 2019 is when it kind of started? Um, no, it wasn't quite. Yeah, I guess it was. About then is when the concept kind of came yeah, along. Yeah, the idea when they wanted and, to and start NFPA developing decided something. they were going to create a standard and they put together a, you know, a scope for a technical committee. Yep. And they started building the committee then. I think I joined the committee in 2019, I believe it was. Okay. Yeah. And then that's when things really started moving forward. Well, we right? had to. What we had to do is we had to submit a, um, uh, you know, an original. A version for the to the standards council, like yep. it was it was like a draft version. So, standards council looked at it and said, "Yeah, this is this is good enough to be a standard." And then they entered in, into a revision cycle. So okay. the revision cycle just ended uh, this past April. So the revision, how many different revision cycles are there? Kind of take me through because I don't know. There's been a couple that are coming out now. Nine fifteen might be the latest or the, the the biggest coming out lately. But what is the what is the process for, we want to come out with a new standard, this is how you implement it from, from kind of 
idea to fruition. What is that? How long is that? That's a five-year process, plus minus. Yeah, I would say it's typically a five-year process. Now, I was, I've been very fortunate, uh, and I, I say I've been blessed, to be on two different NFPA technical committees that started with brand new, spanking new documents. Yeah. The first one was NFPA 25. So the okay. NFPA 25 committee was yep. formed back in in uh, 1998. And I was fortunate enough to be on that original technical committee as well. And it, the process is you go through and you create what they call a draft version. Right. And just to make sure that, you know, everything is kind of laid out and it makes sense and there's requirements that can be enforced in it and so forth. And then the Standards Council takes that draft and they say, yeah, it's ready for prime time. Let's, let's put it into a, re a real revision cycle. Right. And that's when the public gets to see it for the first time. When it enters that revision cycle, then it goes into, uh, you can do public inputs right. okay. to recommend changes to it. You get to see it, you get to recommend a change to it if you want to. And then the committee, obviously we have two different uh, committee meetings. We have the uh, first draft meeting and a second draft meeting. And there's to process the public inputs and the public comments. And then once it goes through the, that process, and that's a two year process. So we typically take one year to go through a complete uh, revision from first revision to second revision. Right. And then once it goes through the second revision, there's the opportunity for the public to say, ah, you know, we don't like certain things, and they can submit that NITMAM. Now, this one, we were talking a little bit kind of before we started recording, this one was kind of a weird revision cycle because how many, typically you'll get people coming in from the public and saying, no, we don't like this, we'd like to see this, we don't like this. This one was a little different. Yeah, there was not one challenge to what the committee came up with. Has that ever happened? Not in my memory. Which is, it doesn't go back Especially too long, for a brand new document. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, there, there, are doc, there are what they call consensus documents. So this cycle, uh, NFPA 3, okay. was, was going through a revision cycle and whatever the committee ended up with, there were no challenges to that. So, but that's a document that's been out there for you know, several cycles already. So it's not unusual for a document that's been out there to not have a NITMAM, right. a challenge at the, at the technical meeting. You guys but got I think it right the first time. Got it right, the, yeah. Absolutely. But this, this NFPA 915, it's very rare, in my opinion, to have that without any challenges whatsoever. Now that document is now released. It's, it's, been, it's, it's now available for municipalities to adopt it, enforce it as a standard, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but something that I noticed is that there wasn't a lot of fanfare in the right. release on this one. It didn't get a big public release that I thought the new standard possibly deserved. It's, it's interesting, Chris. It's a, we, of course we went through COVID, through this whole, yeah. we were in the middle of COVID through this whole revision cycle. And one of the things that, that, that COVID showed us is this need for remote inspection and testing. Yeah, I mean, there were you know, places where they wouldn't allow us to come in and, and do NFPA 25 inspections or NFPA right. 72 inspections because, you know, you, you couldn't have people come yeah, into the building. Yeah, in contact with people, yep, all right. that kind of stuff. So the concepts of NFPA 915 really were adopted during COVID very strongly. And there was a, there was a position paper that was on the NFPA website on how to conduct remote inspections and so forth. Right. And that was kind of the, the, the genesis of, of putting this whole document together to begin with. Uh, the, the chair of the committee, Jim Muir, from Clark County out in, uh, in Washington, he's been 
using remote technologies to do inspections, but not sprinkler inspection. He does building inspections. Okay. So you know, so he needs to go out and uh, you know they're digging a footer, and they had to make a correction on the footer. Yeah. Rather than send his guy back out there, he he has you know somebody take a a FaceTime. Yeah. Yep. And and say okay, well here's what we did to change the footer and and all this kind of stuff and just and they approve it from back in the office. And you know what I have done? I have had building inspectors through COVID do that where we do an installation and then the building inspector will simply FaceTime you or there's an app, I can't remember what it's called right now, the city of Windsor uses it. You sign up for a certain app, you get a membership and then they can log in based off of uh, account number Right. project number or whatever and then they can come in and you can walk them through here's the riser incoming water supply backflow preventer sprinkler right. valve you know flow switch and then you show them the valves distance down from the deck stuff like that and it's yep. all stuff that they want to see and it almost in my opinion is better in some regards because when that inspector is doing a video inspection he's focused primarily on the sprinkler system he's not oh there's Jim yeah. I saw him on the project two years ago and right. oh me oh I, I grew up with him I live next door to his sister you know what I mean that kind of stuff right so yep. it does kind of they have a checklist that they have to go through with the remote inspection and it's very show me the incoming water supply check right. show me the back check show me the valve check show me the flow switch check right and it's very methodical and I think it's a good way to make sure that very important piece of fire protection is being installed properly. In my opinion. And now service as well. It'll be more accurate. We'll have more more accurate inspections and tests yeah. using NFPA 915 technologies. Then as opposed to. Then having a live person go in. Wow. Okay. And the example I always use is with a fire pump test. Sure. Okay. The fire pump test says, you know, one of the things you have to check for is, is the casing getting hot. Okay, so how do you determine if the casing is getting hot? You can put your hand on it. Well, let's see. Well, how yeah. tough is my hand compared to your yeah, hand? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, the way I do it is the cooling water. Is it cooling water uh, running properly? Can I put my hand on it and keep it there? If I can keep my hand on the cooling water, it's probably cooling up. Yep. Right now, is there a temperature in NFPA 25? No. No. But is it operating properly? If I can put my hand on it, in my opinion, as an inspector, it's working. The thing about putting a thermocouple on that casing and then when you first accept the pump you've got you've got a baseline and you have a requirement a temperature a set temperature. you could you, you could put a requirement in it yeah. as, you know if it, if it increases by more than you know 20 degrees fahrenheit or whatever the case may be then yeah. you got to investigate why it's getting yeah hot. so using sensors and so forth you know we can we can do all kinds of things mm. that nfpa 25 requires and that's that's really where i've been focusing when we first when I first got on this NFPA 25 or NFPA 915 committee, yep. it was probably intended for building officials to do what I said. Right. You know, yep. Have the studs been installed properly? Have the electrician did he do his thing right? Yep. It wasn't intended for fire protection initially. Well, a couple of us got on the committee from the fire protection industry, and we're like, "This is what we need. We've got requirements." or an allow more allowances than requirements in NFPA 13, yep. NFPA 14, NFPA 20, and NFPA 25 that allows for remote testing and distance monitoring. Right. So the initial title of 915 was going to be standard for remote inspections. Mm -hmm. We expanded the scope to include tests as well. And now the title is standard for the inspection and test remote inspection and testing. So 
for remote testing of things like flow switches and stuff like that, are you utilizing uh, uh, solenoids, stuff like that, or is it? You can. You you can. And if all the all the water-based standards that I, I mentioned allow for using any any kind of a device that accomplishes the same result or better. That's that's the key. Or better. So you know, for us to put our eyes on an inspection and, and you know inspect this valve. If we don't have a means to making sure that we put a, a camera on this with a high enough resolution yeah, that you can to be as good yeah. as our eyes, then it's, it's not <clears throat> worthwhile. So now, okay, we're looking at this valve right now. Uh, looks like single interlock and pre-action valve or deluge, depending on the setup. Anyways, I'm doing a remote inspection on this. Is the intention down the road? I can put a digital gauge on this, digital gauge on this, digital gauge on this, and not necessarily have to have a camera there. Absolutely. But a solenoid on the manual pull station, whatever. Drop the pressure, trip the valve. I get my flow pressure. I get my trip pressure. I get well. There's no airline on this, but I get. I can get all of that information using a digital gauge. Yes, absolutely. Okay. A pressure transducer. Yeah. That's, that's all you have to have is a pressure, and it does not have to be UL listed. That's the beauty of it. Why? That's not UL listed. Okay. So uh, this one is actually because it's a Tyco and nothing but the best. One. Well, okay. <laughs> but it doesn't. It's not required to be UL listed. Right. For yeah, fire yeah. protection. Yep. So any kind of a device that that we currently don't require to be listed, the drain valves aren't required to be listed. Yeah. You know all that kind of stuff. Yep. You can you can use solenoids. You can use pressure transducers. Right. What we say in, in the in the um, 13, 14, and 20, and in 25, if it's under system pressure and it's integral to the operation of the system, then it has to be UL listed. Right. If it doesn't meet those two requirements, then it does not have to be UL listed. So a motor-operated control valve, obviously, that's going to have to be UL listed. Sure. Yeah. But the pressure transducers yep. and the thermocouples and digital cameras and things like that, use whatever's available. How do you list a digital camel for fire protection? <laughs> right, exactly. There <laughs> is no developing UL a new standard, standard for that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, right. or, or will there be soon? We'll call it the FSP standard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Exactly. So in the future now, getting to the manpower side of things, because I can see a lot of people uh, being extremely negative as far as remote testing is concerned. How do you see this affecting the manpower? I have always been a you know, the manpower will never be an issue because sprinklers being installed, maybe those inspectors are going to have to switch back into install because sprinklers being installed in more and more properties every day. We cannot install sprinkler fast enough to keep up with the labor demands already. Especially in my neck of the woods, there's a major labor shortage in sprinkler, uh, sprinkler fitters, installers, mm -hmm. techs. Right. So, to me, there's going to be a lot of pushback as far as from contractors that are saying you're taking away labor, you're taking away man hours, you're taking away you know benefits points, you're taking away all this stuff. Have you guys gotten any kickback from anybody like that yet? When I first started on this journey, Chris, to put this in the water-based standards, 13, and it started in 25. That's where the yeah. thing, whole concept started in 25. Originally it was in the annex, and then we promoted it to the body of the standard to have this allowance yep. as a retrofit. And then we, we put it on the uh, installation codes so you can put it in with the systems. But one of my vice presidents called me and said, what are you doing? You're gonna take our, our inspectors are gonna go out of business. I'm like, no. What percentage of the systems that are out there do we think that we're actually inspecting and testing on a regular basis? Right. Our best guess is 
30%. There's a huge... To the standard. You're talking... To the standard, to, to NFPA 25, yeah. right. Not, it's not being done. Right. In addition, we have the requirement in NFPA 25 that if you're going to do remote inspection and testing, then you have to have qualified people looking at the results. Right. You can't just have, a, you know, you just, this isn't going to go away, that you have to have somebody who knows what they're looking at as part of doing the inspection and test. Right. They have to be able to analyze. If we get to the point where you can do a fire pump test remotely, they've got to be able to analyze the flows, analyze all the stuff that's going on in the room. No, yeah, no problem. <laughs> just in the middle of one right now, I'll talk to you. So with that now, you're doing an inspection, you're doing a fire pump run, et cetera, et cetera. There's a requirement that somebody has to be able to be on site in a certain amount of time just in case something goes haywire? Now it's four hours. Four hours? The, the 2023 edition of NFPA 25 yeah. now says four hours. It did say five minutes. So what, so you know, what no are you going to gain? Yeah, there's no point. There's no gain. So yeah. we, we debated this. In NFPA 25, you have to have someone that can res respond to that fire pump room within four hours if there's a problem. Yep. And that, you know, then that's reasonable. So that, that brings your... You know, your qualified person that can shut the, you know, correct the packings or, you know, whatever has to be done, um, that gives them time to get there with a service truck. Yeah. So, in four hours is a pretty good, pretty good response time, I think, for most. most for most locations. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So have to have Terry, it's been a long time coming. It's been awesome having. Let's do it here. again sometime, Absolutely. Chris. Absolutely. Hey, I'm here for three days. Okay. We can we can do six. In this time. Well, if you think of something else, let me know. We'll, <laughs> I'll be here. The we'll talk. it down for Camp Buckle fundraiser still going on. The donations have slowed down, but the hoses have not. This sea can is starting to get filled up. These are the ones I just unloaded from the trailer. Those are the ones that were sitting here since last year. These are all still sitting here from last year. We're looking to get donations rolling in. In addition to those hoses that I just showed you, I still have a picture that I'm going to insert right here of all the fire hoses that are still up in Pickering, Ontario. Thank you to the Toronto Social Housing for donating 95% of these fire hoses, as well as everybody else from Southwestern Ontario and Ontario for donating hoses. But let's get those donations to roll in. The link is posted below. 20 bucks a hose. Let's get some money in and let's support Camp Bucko. Thanks, guys.